Well, there you go. Episode three. I cannot believe we've got the three episodes on Keeping It Real with Chuck Looney and the big fella. And I am super duper pumped tonight because, uh, wow, we have got a very, very special guest. But before we go to that special guest, we better get our uh, regular uh, people on the phone each and every Tuesday night. We say a very good evening to this man. Well, it's a big show. Oh, yeah, the king of Mount Eliza. None other than the great man, Darren Chuck Berry. You there, sucker? I warned you last week to get rid of that bullshit, and you've gone with it again. Um, disappointed, but uh, I'm very excited. I said last week, big fella, that a week was a long time in sport. Well, this week's been a lot longer, hasn't it? Absolutely zero sport, unless you're a horse racer, uh, which is not on my agenda. Uh, I know the May race is coming up, but anyway, enough of us. Get Ludie on, and then let's get to this special guest, because last night I teased it could be Rex Hunt or it could be Paul Chapman. Now, that was the cryptic clue. I don't know whether anyone picked up on it. <laughs> no, I like it, mate. I picked it up straight away, but mainly because I knew what you were talking about. But let's go to the other boy. Uh, he's a former Miranda boy. We love having him on, too. He's an absolute superstar in his own right. He's got to work on him, Luke. Come on, Timmy. Love that little intro. <laughs> uh, it's not great, let's be honest. I think we can do better. We'll work on that for future future shows. I might get a bit of Timmy Trumpet for you, mate, because uh, he is huge. You know who he is, Chuck? Uh, I don't know many Timmies, to be honest, so uh, I'm just going along with the flow at the moment. But uh, we'll leave that in your capable hands, big fella, because you're in charge. We're just the guests, and I believe you've got another... Very special guest. Probably the biggest name. Last week, we had Chad Sayers, the smallest hands in South Australia. Well, I believe you got someone else on the phone tonight from a different sport. Well, I just want to, just before we go to this special guest, now, we had a bit of a chat off air last week, didn't we, Ludy? And we kind of threw it around and we said, right, each week we'll come up with a different guest each. I teed up Chatty last week. You got on the front foot and said, oh, I'll be able to get Warney or I'll be able to get Dizzy Gillespie or something. Leave it with me, boys. Come up with absolute duck eggs during the week, Ludy, and you had to come to the rescue here, mate, and you've pulled it off pretty well, what I had. Stewie, can I just say... Let's be honest, Chuck's chosen that song at the start for himself, The Big Show. He calls Correct. himself The Big Show. He's got a big network that he likes to tap into. Well, the network didn't provide anything this week. It offered no show. nothing. No but show the Mayday call, The Mayday call yesterday to say, find me a guest, and, we, and, I've, and I've dug deep, but I think I've done okay. Let's be honest. I, I think hope it's someone good. You're all piss and win, Chuck. Uh, I'm really starting to doubt <laughs> your, uh, your network's down there at Mount Eliza, big fella. We're going to go to our special guest. I do not want to hold him up any longer, and I uh, hope this works too. Listen to that. Oh, it might have tipped you off into it. This bloke, he played 154 games with the Adelaide Crows, kicked 163 goals, 94 games with the Geelong Cats, so far kicked 120 uh, goals, 248 games in total, 283 goals, a Brownlow medal in 2016. He's won three Kaji Greaves medals. He is an out-and-out superstar of the game, and we say a very good evening to Paddy Dangerfield. 
G'day, boys. Uh, I've never heard the uh, Kenny Loggins intro in my whole 13 year career. <laughs> would not read about that. Now, Paddy, <laughs> Paddy, the really original piece of uh, piece of work. There. Well, I'll wow. tell you what. It was a toss up between that and the old Danger Mouse, and I went with the, <laughs> the Kenny Loggins. All right. <laughs> Uh, very good. Enjoyed it. Now, now, Danger, in all honesty, how the hell and what is the connection here to get you on our little podcast? Well, uh, Ludes has been a guest of uh, Real Adventures, the radio show that I host on SEN uh, before. Um, and when I get desperate again, I'll probably call on him to, uh, to come back on the show. Uh, <laughs> and I'd... Uh, I'd spent a bit of time with Ludes with the uh, the Renegades as well when they'd uh, been down to Geelong, so I'd known, known a bit. And uh, he basically said, "Look, we're really strapped for our guest this week. Uh, would you mind jumping on?" <laughs> that, that is awesome, absolutely awesome. And Chuck, you of course uh, call the footy on K Rock. We've got a little bit of that uh, that audio oh, here. You you sent this, this to good. us to the uh, throughout the week, didn't he, Ludie? He sent this and this said, "This will be good. Where have you got this from?" Of course he did. Straight from the big show. Myers towards Dangerfield. He pushes off Sicily. Can the champion get it done? Of course he can. Dangerfield off the ground. Sensational. The danger's got it now. He zigs. He zags. Dangerfield <laughs> kicks it goal. <laughs> he zigs. He zags. Mate, that's fantastic. Where'd you get that stuff from, Stewie? Mate, a, a great little email from you during the week, and uh, we must thank uh, Kingy and the crew down there at K Rock who do uh, wonderful things. And their footy coverage, and Paddy, you'll attest to this, is as good as it gets, isn't it, K Rock? Certainly is, um, and obviously in tough times like the rest of the industry at the moment, with there being no sport and it being such an integral part of uh, the Geelong Footy Club and and promoting um, you know our club to the the wider Geelong community. Uh, but it's been great to have the O Seven Granny on last week, uh, and I think the guys are going to uh, trot out O Nine and Eleven at some stage, which will be great. So still providing Geelong people with plenty of footy. Uh, we love what we do, Paddy, K-Rock footy, and thanks to Tommy King for providing that tonight. Now, Ludy, I know you want to kick off. We're, not, we're going to be a bit different tonight. We're not going to go down the Players Association and what's going on. Everyone's well aware of that. So I'll throw it to you, Ludy, to throw the first question to Paddy Dangerfield. Totally off topic. Well, I'll start off. There's obviously the big the move from Adelaide back to Geelong was a massive one. It was... It was in the news for a long time. It was taking up a lot of time, actually. And mm. I, I just wanted to put a few rumours to rest and put it to danger that I have found out the real reason that Paddy Dangerfield moved back to Geelong. Oh, I'm interested. Throughout the week, this is it. As, soon as, <laughs> as soon as I found out that Danger was on the show, I've been calling Crows people all week, <laughs> flat out. And trust Long me, now, now no they're... <laughs> they're, they're pretty. They're pretty kind with their time at the moment to talk about Paddy and throw him under the bus. No doubt about that. Now, I found out a few interesting facts throughout the week. Yes, the Tim. real reason that Paddy Dangerfield left Adelaide yes. was because he was he was actually kicked out of the joint. Now, let me paint the picture a little bit. Paddy loved his fishing. Rob Cummings, the oh. North Bank boys over there, dished mm. him up this beautiful, nice big vessel. To, uh, yes. to get out in the St. Vincent Gulf. Oh, yes. Unfortunately, Plenty of just, fish out there, unfor- Unfortunately, it just didn't catch any fish, and he was kicked out by Rob Cummings himself from Northbank rather than the <laughs> footy club. Any truth, Paddy? Look, I, um, 
you know, I, I, I don't want to talk myself up too much, but uh, I know fishing better than anyone. Uh, you know, Bill likes to come talks about things. You know, he knows coronavirus better than anyone. Well, I know fishing better than anyone, and I, I sort of delved into what I could foresee happening in South Australia, and I just thought, you know what, I reckon they're going to ban snapper fishing. I cannot live in a state where you can't go out and catch snapper. So as difficult a decision as it was, I just had to make the move to a place. It didn't have to be Victoria. It could have been anywhere. But Victoria was the closest. Didn't want to cross the uh, Malibu, uh, where I could actually go out and catch snapper. So until, you know, the snapper fishery is uh, reopened, I just can't see uh, heading back across the border, Luke. Well, well Lou, it's a very, very smart move because I did exactly the same thing. I, as you know, I live in Geelong as well, and you in, you in Greater Geelong. I think it, you might nice have got have... booted out, though, Ludie. Like you see, I think you got the old lemon and sauce, mate, like Chuck, and uh, you had to come back to Vic. There's one difference, Lou. You and I got the... We actually did get the arse in Adelaide. Paddy, they had to they tried to lock him in with... Like, coronavirus has got the state shut down at the moment. It's a serious matter. They tried to put that up at the border when Paddy left, but you and I got kicked out. He actually wanted... They wanted him to stay, but I can confirm, Ludes, to back up your story, because... I can't give away my sources because uh, source at all to say that that fishing story was true and uh, very. My word is very very poor fisherman. Now I've spoken to Cameron White, I've spoken to Johnny Hastings, Merv Hughes, Tim Ludeman, and a couple of South Australians with red hair and freckles who have confirmed a, a talks up a big game, real adventures, and all this. All the gear, no idea is what I've been told. <laughs> Come on, Paddy. Give it to him back, mate. The the, uh, the podcast is yours now, big fella. Chuck, I'm just, uh, I'm just, I've jotted down the names that uh, you've gone through. And uh, first, second, third, fourth. Yeah. Yep. Between us all, mate. we've got uh, one radio show that we all host and... Uh, None of them are on it, so <laughs> you, you just sort of explain to me who's, uh, you know, who really understands the industry. Well, I'm, uh, I think it's those that you've mentioned well, because, uh, yep, none of them are there. But lovely deflection, I would have thought, big fella from the Brownlow medalist, but let's be honest, Paddy, let's just ask the question, and we'll, before you hang up, I know that the big fella's prepared a fishing quiz. I have. But let, let's just get this straight. Who do you think are better fishermen, cricketers or footballers? 100% cricketers. Oh, that's all right there. I'm glad you answered in that because Cameron White, he assures me that he's been fishing with you and he said, mate, he doesn't even know whether the sinker goes on the bottom or the hook goes on the bottom. And I said, come on, I learned that catching flathead off the Frankston Pier. He, honestly, I couldn't have been, they couldn't have been more savage, Luke. The guys that I spoke to said, mate, he couldn't catch a cold in the St. Vincent Gulf and he's gone for the easy... He goes to these fishing shows all around Australia where, seriously, I could throw a rod in and catch something and he pulls these big things out up north and they think, oh, danger's a good fisherman. Well, my sources said maybe that's not the case. Don't give up your secrets, so uh, danger. Don't, don't, don't worry, mate. Checked. You, you no, go, Ludie. No, I need to interrupt here because, <laughs> um, you know, you're talking about Cameron White and he's... You know, he's happy to, to, you know, tee off when it comes to uh, fishing, and that's fine. Um, yep. I'm still astounded that the strikers 
uh, employed a specialist fielder in 2020. Uh, quite extraordinary. <laughs> um, perhaps if he had spent less time in the boat mm. and maybe more time just sort of with the willow in the hand rather than the saltega and the uh, you know the ugly stick, there might have been a few more runs on the board, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair call. Back to you, big fella. I've got plenty of others with my sources, sources but you keep coming, uh, big fella. What do you got? I, I want to find out because, uh, Danger, correct me if I'm wrong, but you turned 30 uh, not that long ago. What does Paddy Dangerfield do for his uh, his 30th birthday? Not much at the minute. Well, well, what do you think, big fella? We're in isolation. <laughs> Well, so what? You just what? Just with the with the kids and, and the wife and and just a little birthday cake, mate, and that's it. That's as good as it gets. Did you get on Zoom or anything or house party and have a bit of a shindig? Oh, I actually got on house party the night before with a few mates, but uh, <laughs> no, I had a uh, couple of glasses of Mount Mary, and it was a very very quiet thirtieth. But if I had my choice, that's probably how I would like it. I'm I, you know, I'll happily profess that I've actually been preparing for isolation for the better part of the last decade so i'm doing it okay at the moment so you're no one of those doomsday preppers are you danger well i'm not doomsday preppers but i'm just in, enjoying my own company at the moment <laughs> hey, Ludie, i'm going to break protocol here because you just mentioned something there about what, what did you say you had a couple of glasses of patty just a couple of glasses of mount mary okay. mount mary well that's i'm glad you brought that up because boys and i'm talking to our regulars now i'll leave patty on the side there's nothing worse than when you go out with someone for a dinner and they, you know, the wine wankers. I call them the wine wankers. They start talking about the Pinot and the Shiraz and the Grenache. I mean, honestly, I've got no idea. But again, my sources in Adelaide reveal that Paddy Dangerfield, as most would know, he's an elite athlete. He doesn't drink much. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, in the last 12 to 18 months, He's become a wine wanker. Is this correct? (laughs) (laughs) Chuck, there's a correlation here. I have taken it. I know you didn't want to talk about the AFLPA, but all of a sudden I found myself responsible for 850 uh, players plus our AFLW players. And Mm. I'll be honest, it sends you to the drink. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, boys, speaking my, of, my... Uh, <laughs> speaking of you go, Luke. drink danger, I've, uh, I've got a hypothetical for you. Now, I just want you to be... Ben Giovese or a Teppanoa? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Hypothetic, hypothetically speaking, danger, you're a man in the public eye. You're, you're on the phone a lot. You've got the TV, you've got the radio show, you've got everything that you do. So your phone is very valuable to you, is it fair to say? Yes, that's, uh, that is true, unfortunately. Beautiful. So I want to throw a hypothetical. Hypothetical, you're holidaying on Mission Beach, right? Beautiful Enjoying a beautiful world, fishing yep. trip. Yep. Beautiful, beautiful part of the world. Enjoying <laughs> a fishing trip. Uh, yeah. Enjoying a fishing trip, <laughs> you know, and, and doing the things that Danger loves to relax in his wild time. Good all of a sudden, like wife it. Marty, all of a sudden, wife Marty drops the phone in the water. What happens? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, I didn't know where you were going with this, but I tell you what, I was seeing red for a few minutes. <laughs> well, we were we were filming, we were shooting a uh, a TV show with the family, and uh, yes, as you said, Marty did drop my phone into the water, and <laughs> it's safe to say when you uh, 
you know, you're a man about town, you've got a lot of contacts. Chucky would know about this, but uh, <laughs> you know, high level. Um, and, you, and your wife, dro- wife drops your phone and uh, you're, you're in Mission Beach for a couple of weeks. Well, there ain't no cuffs for in Mission Beach, boys. I'm not sure if you found that out, but uh, you can't exactly go down to the local Telstra shop. So it was a quiet couple of uh, minutes that I had to have to myself there. Um, James Manson, actually, former Collingwood uh, Premiership player. The uh, big, Jimmy, big production yeah. company, yep, that uh, took it over. And, uh, yeah, there was uh, some choice words, and he was trying to calm me down. I didn't take that feedback all that well. But uh, I got over it in the end, Luke, but it did take some time. (laughs) (laughs) You you don't realise, honestly, though, when you lose your phone or something, your phone goes dead, you don't realise in this day and age how much you miss it and how important it is. It's crazy, isn't it? Well, the popular people around town, yeah, you're right about that, uh, big fella. Chuck, now can I just say, Chuck's the only bloke in this conversation that is on a landline too, boys. Like we're all on our mobiles and all that kind of stuff. Chuck's sitting there on a landline, danger. Well, I can't afford mobile phones. They're, they're luxuries. They're for like only for players that take fifty percent pay cuts. I said we weren't going to go there, so we won't. Uh, you, you mentioned James Manson, so I'll be able to break that on K Rock, and that probably sums up boys' dangers set shot goal kicking. I reckon James Manson was <laughs> working kick. on the dangers layback style. <laughs> he was. He was a very awkward yeah, kick, James Manson. Oh, God. Hey, can I uh, just ask? Player, he is a premiership player. Can I just ask? Uh, you obviously good mates with Texie Walker. Um, the the yeah. kind of the, the constant feud that's going on between him and Kane Corns. Like, you must be just having a bit of a cackle at all this stuff, Danger. Uh, Danger hates him as well. Danger hates Corns. Most people do hate Kane Corns. No, I don't hate anyone. I I think at the start it was amusing, and now it's like, here we go again. But Look, mm. I, I will say, and and Chuck will back me up on this. It's it's a bloody hard time to be a, a media commentator on any sport when that's yep. what you're you're paid to do. You're paid to commentate on the industry, and there's no games, and there's no, there's only so much news that can come out of you know what potentially the fixture may look like. So at the moment, you know, everyone's clinging to any bit of news they can possibly come by because. It's just so tough out there because we're a sports loving nation and we've got no sport and there's no there's no sport overseas to love. So um, you know, I do I do see it from, from both sides because it's it's tough out there for the sports lovers and the sports stations that uh, are trying to provide it. Very diplomatic there, I would have thought, boys, from the Prez. He just got in behind a good length ball there and he played it straight down the pitch. And just in case Kane was tuning into the podcast, um, I'm sure just one more for me and then I'll be quiet. I mean, Mogs Creek, uh, most people know that you've uh, you've bought Mogs Creek and uh, your in-laws or the Dangerfields uh, pretty much own the place. How's it been down there with all the shops in Mogs Creek closing down, Danger, with coronavirus? Has it been tough? <laughs> Oh, look, it has been tough on the local shops. They've, um, you know, they've been closed for some time now. I think it dates back to when Mog Street was first founded. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, look, it, it has taken some adjusting, but uh, we got there in the end, Chuck. I've got a serious one because, again, my spies in Adelaide have said, ask him about his house in Mogs Creek that he's building, which is apparently uh, 
194 squares. Jeez, I believe good. the locals, the locals that actually aren't called Dangerfield, are a little bit up in arms. Has there been a little <laughs> oh, bit no. of sort of dis- discussion about the, the renovation? <laughs> <laughs> well, Chuck, I uh, have spoken about this before, but I was taken to uh, to VCAT by a oh, no. n- neighbour from. Uh, from Melbourne of all places, who'd been in the place for twelve months oh, and no. uh, didn't affect him whatsoever, but it cost me six months. Safe to say, look, he's not my favourite neighbour out of all of them. <laughs> um, You're slotting a <laughs> few drop punts over the fence his way, Danger. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to swap drop punts over there. Um, <laughs> don't worry about that. So yes, look, that was a little bit of a uh, little bit of a stall, but we got there in the end. Everyone has their right to object. Sure. Is he, is he obviously not a footy lover or he just, you know, like or he didn't like Geelong, he barracks for Richmond or something? How does that work? Like, does he not know who you are? Well, I didn't go with that. Maybe if I had it, he would have objected again. Um, but, <laughs> oh, look, this is what, the surf coast, there's a, there's a whole lot of different interests that you're building around the region. And we were, we were totally within the... Um, regulations of the South Coast show. We actually we rebuilt our house, so we came down two metres in height, but we were still taken to council for view sharing. So work that out. I can't. Gee, we two two metres in height. Two metres in height, Ludy. But then again, when that's on the fourth story and the left wing <laughs> of the building, I mean, that, for us, that's not that big a deal. But on the fourth story, it was pretty tough. It's your turn, Ludy. <laughs> I'll go serious because I'm actually interested in this, but uh, Real Adventures, time to give it a plug. I love me fishing. You love your fishing. I know Aaron Habgood. I've met him through yourself. He's a lovely man, very good at what he does. How did that all come about? How's it going? Um, what's the future hold there? Oh, it's quite funny, Luke. We we literally met at a boat ramp, and uh, I've been squid fishing and actually been chatting to Cameron White that afternoon because... I'm happy to cop the criticism of all year and no idea. I love fishing, but I think that uh, that <laughs> feedback is warranted at some time, Chuck. Um, but met with a boat shot up on the uh, boat ramp, and then um, I was presented an opportunity to uh, to host a, a fishing show by, by Hutchie Craig, Hutchison at Cockney and SEN, and I uh, asked if I was interested, and I said I was, and then it was, it was sort of time to to find someone to co-host with me and, and Aaron had never done anything like this before and if you've listened to a few of the first episodes he's one of you know his speaking's improved that's for sure um, but the best fisherman that I've ever seen uh, understands it better than anyone I've, I've ever fished with and we're different in terms of the way that we do things because it's less of a an entertainment show and more the, you know, the ABCs of fishing and how to you know to, to catch great catches so I sort of facilitate that discussion because he's, you know, he's quite clearly the expert in the in the partnership, um, and yeah, it's gone from strength to strength. And um, we've filmed a, a, a TV series in the off season, which has been great. And he's got a, a fascinating backstory. Uh, he had a heart transplant when he was sixteen, and he's done it pretty tough. So wow. um, taking it to to TV uh, this year, which is really exciting, and uh, I suppose something to focus on whilst. You know, footy isn't at the forefront. You go, Ludie. Fantastic. Uh, that, that, that's enough of the serious stuff, Ludes. That was really good, uh, riveting stuff there about real adventures. And, uh, no, that's fantastic to hear that. And 
that someone that knows about fishing is helping danger, which is great. Um, just uh, going back to a more light-hearted note, um, and you should never reveal your sources, but my two redhead blokes in Adelaide with freckles said uh, uh, that when they lived with, or one of them that might have lived with you, and people like to hear stuff about Patrick Dangerfield rather than all the good stuff, that you were a cleaning freak and you used to vacuum the house three times a day. Now, has he added some mayonnaise on that or is that true? Uh, look, there's been slight mayonnaise, but not a huge amount, Chuck, to be fair. Okay. Uh, I was a... Well, I still try to be, but good luck being a clean freak with two kids under kids, three. Yep. Um, I was very big on fluffing pillows and... Um, yeah, had a bit of a reputation right. around the place in terms of being a bit of a nasty when it came to keeping everything rigid did. But I tell you, if anything belts the shit out of that, it's having two kids under three. And I was reading a book just before I started chatting to you boys with George, and he peed on me. So um, oh, no. you know, I'm, I'm legitimately talking to you boys without pants on because my son <laughs> I'll tell you what the girls listen to this podcast have just, the podcast they've just blushed <laughs> they have got excited can I just say a radio station down in Warrnambool uh, Paddy uh, I actually have a Saturday morning sports show and we actually bumped real fishing uh, out of the slot so you kind of sit between uh, 6.30 and 7am and uh, we kind of sit between 7 and 9am we kind of give you the uh, the gum boot fella yeah Local politics, I suppose, because if, uh, the, the station was was keen on ratings, it, uh, it might be a different story. But you know, I won't delve into that. Well, I'll tell you what I want to do now, okay? Uh, and and uh, Chuck alluded to it earlier. We're going to have a quiz. You and Ludy head to head. If you beat oh, Ludy, yes. if you beat Ludy in the quiz. We will run your show in the prime time Saturday morning slot where it probably possibly should be. If you yep. lose. You're going to stay where you are, mate, six and seven, which is no, the great we, I reckon we just put the just put the number one fishing spot for Greater Geelong on the line here. I'm happy to put it on the line. <laughs> right, I mean, I currently... I currently hold it, but I'm happy to uh, I'm happy to put it on the line. Right, eight. Now, your buzzer <laughs> is your name, Danger, and Timmy. Okay, so just test your buzzers for us. Moody. Danger. Yeah, beautiful. Can't a bit more effort there, Danger. Just lift it up a bit, mate, okay? <laughs> there's, I reckon George has just come in and had another squirt there. <laughs> there's a feminine stake here, okay? Question number one. Okay. What's the most common tuna caught off our coastline? Ludie. Danger. Ludie, that is you. Sorry, Danger. Oh, get your hand off it. Bluefin tuna. <laughs> what is it? Incorrect. Jerry, Incorrect. Oh, it's southern bluefin tuna. Oh, hang on. I thought that was a correct, but it's not. It's actually, hope it's this one. There you go, Ludy. That is correct. That is correct. So the, one to the blue fin tuna. I've got no idea about fishing. I'll keep score. One you to keep score. Them. Beautiful sucker. Right, question number you two. You didn't want it. You didn't want, like, southern blue fin tuna, the actual species, or are you just, you know, happy to take the... We're a, pretty, we're a pretty oh, basic you know. podcast here, Danger, okay? <laughs> we are very basic <laughs> individuals. <laughs> One zip. Right, a fair <laughs> minute stake here, okay? And you're not used to losing too often, Danger. Let's be honest, you're very, very good at the caper. Question number two. Uh, this fish, okay, its name's full of colours and it rhymes with gout. Ludy. Danger. Ludy, again, I'm sorry, Danger. Oh, you're not listening, clearly. <laughs> that would have to be a rainbow trout. 
Correct. And I reckon there's a bit of a delay, Chuck, at uh, Moggs Creek, the phone line or something going in there. <laughs> it takes a while to get down there to Moggs Creek, I tell you what. And up to the fourth story, she's tough. Now, that is two zip to Ludie here. Danny, Come, Ludie Danny to Chuck, who had to wind his phone up to tune in tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the land line over here on the nice side of the coast. I'm on the Mornington Peninsula, not the Scumbag Peninsula. Oh, I mean the Bellarine how the hell, Peninsula. How the hell did you get into K-Rock? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Does it work? Well, I honestly don't know, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I think it was when I got the arse in Adelaide when they said, you've had enough coaching. Uh, they felt sorry for me, and uh, at the time, Anthony Mithen rolled out the carpet and let me in the door. So back to the fishing quiz, please, big fella. Righto. Two-zip Ludeman leads Dangerfield. You will not read those headlines ever before or ever again. Question number mm. three. According to a recent survey in America... What's the most popular fish to eat? Oh, danger. Uh, yes, danger. Uh, let's go with bass. I've got no idea, but it's a <laughs> bass. popular fish. Uh, double up. No, that was that was okay. wrong. Ludie, I'll give you a stab okay. at it, but it doesn't matter because danger got it wrong. What do you think? Uh, catfish. Correct. What? Catfish. Catfish? You think about it in America. They have those shows, Catfish and that. Very, very popular to eat over there. I cannot I'm believe not sure it. Them in the oh, they live down the little creeks danger yes. underneath all the, uh, yeah, they do. Absolutely. Right, think, question number four. I would know, uh, Ludes are more of your sort of game fishermen sort of set up. If I was a fish, I would probably be a marlin and you would be a catfish. <laughs> <laughs> The big tuna. <laughs> Righto. It is currently three zip. Lift danger here. We need something from you. Question number four. A dolphin fish is commonly known as what? Danger. Danger. No, no. <laughs> yeah. He's back. I even I knew that. Well one. done. So 2-1. A little mahi-mahi, yeah. <laughs> I caught a mahi-mahi once in Fiji. It took me 35 minutes, and seriously, I was nearly going to give up because I sat in that seat, and the sun was beating down on me, and I was fatiguing Chuck. And uh, my mate said, just hang <laughs> in there. You are the fittest unit going round, Stewie. And I got there in the end. I got big, there big in the fella, end. I think I caught something like that, but it wasn't in Fiji. It sounded like that, but I think it was Thailand. <laughs> I don't even... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going there. Righto. 2-1, is it, uh, Saka? 2-1 to Ludeman at the moment. 3-1, is it? Right. Yeah, it might be. 3-1. We'll, we'll, no, we'll no, we didn't give him the catfish because Danger got it wrong. We're not giving him a second dibs. Danger Fair won. Fair call. So 2-1. Righto. Come on. Question number five. Flake is specifically from... Danger. Yes. Gummy Shark. <laughs> two all, two all. This is the tiebreaker question. This is how many you. questions left, big fella? One more. This is it. Oh. This is it. I've had to kind of go to the archives to get this one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Name the largest fish on the planet. Ludie, 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 Ludie. Ludie. Whale fish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. 3-2, big fella, and that confirms the Dragoners have no idea. I can't believe Timmy Ludeman 
has beaten cool. probably the best AFL footballer we've seen in our modern era in Paddy Dangerfield. He's got his own fishing show, and Danger, that fishing show, will not be played after 7 a.m. ever on our network down here. I'm just giving you the heads up. I don't care if your mate's with Hutchie that, mate. It is not getting played before 7 a.m., champ. <laughs> Uh, good on good you, talking about this week with no sport. <laughs> hey, Paddy, we're going to let you go, mate. We absolutely uh, love having you on the show. Fantastic get for us. Uh, you know, I was honestly, I haven't slept for three or four nights. Uh, to be honest, my kids love the cats. And, and I'll tell you a true story. My little fella, Oscar Wright, I'm a Richmond, mad Richmond supported danger. Never thought I'd see the Tigers win a flag. Anyway, I, uh, I thought Beauty got me first son, barracks for the Tigers. Four years in, he goes down to Geelong with some cousins, and they go to a, a Geelong football training session. He met you, got a photo with you, and he's buried for Geelong ever since, and I absolutely hate you for it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he, he might have picked the wrong side for the last couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I keep, I keep telling him. I've even said to him, hey, listen, mate, you can come back across if you want. And he said, nah, he just wears the number 34 jumper. He's loyal. He's stuck fat, mate. And uh, I'm filthy on you, and I have been for about the last four or five years, big fella. <laughs> uh, it's good to say, no, I had an absolute blast, boys. I can't tell you the last time I've actually ever done an interview like this, so... A lot more fun than uh, the usual ones, I can tell you. <laughs> uh, good on you, Paddy. We appreciate your time, mate. And, uh, yeah, good luck. Hopefully the football can get back going, you know, like in, in you know maybe a month, two months, whatever it might be, because uh, well, I know I miss it. Chuck misses it. Ludy misses it. The wider community misses it at the moment. And fingers crossed we can get it back on. Uh, it'll come back. It's just a, yeah, a matter of time. But uh, fingers crossed we're pulling on the hoops again very soon. And uh been a... Yeah, a while between uh, round one and round two, but we'll get there. Beautifully done. Hey, thanks heaps, Danger, mate. I appreciate it. Hopefully we will see you here on K-Rock, and best of luck, mate, with that fourth story down there at Mogs Creek. <laughs> <laughs> it's only three and a half. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. A lot of fun. Uh, great stuff. No worries. Paddy Dangerfield, our special guest on uh, Keeping It Real, absolute superstar of the game. And, uh, well, Ludie, you have come through with the goods. Chuck, you, mate, seriously, you need to go and have a good hard think about things because you've talked up a big game so far and you've delivered nothing. Mm. Ludie has come through in spades. Now, I'll give him credit. He's delivered Dangerfield and then he's knocked him off in the fishing quiz. So Ludeman is leading in the... Uh, <laughs> He's in the clubhouse, and I'm going to have to pull something out big. So uh, no promises, but we'll see what we can deliver. If it's my turn for next week, I'll work on it. Yeah, good stuff. Now, listen, we're still looking for a sponsor, okay, on uh, keeping it real. Chuck Looney and the big fella, we were really close to a, uh, a big get during the week, but uh, just uh, fell through at the final hurdle, but uh, just with the coronavirus and stuff. But a local bloke, Clinton Bolsh, Warnable Nissan, okay, they got the brand-new Nissan Warrior. It's the ultimate off-road truck, and uh, you yes. can get it at Clinton Bolsh, Warnable Nissan. Have you seen this, boys? A magnificent vehicle. i tell you what, I'm seeing Clinton Bolsh, and he's a wonderful man. He's a wonderful man. He's a great man. So Doesn't we're more than happy... 
Yes, buddy. Big fella, that, that's great. We are more than happy. If he wants to provide one of those lovely Nissans for the three of us, I mean, <laughs> even one we're happy to share, or if he wants to give one each, that is a great sponsorship. Well done there, big fella. We can maybe carpool, because <laughs> uh, it's a big warrior. It's a big rig, and uh, they look magnificent. They can go through any terrain. You name it, they do it. And Clinton Bolsh, too, they are still open, okay? So that's the important thing, even through all this COVID-19 uh, stuff that's happening at the moment. Online sales, uh, give him a call talk to Bolshe yourself, uh, you'll find him on Facebook, you'll find him online Clinton Bolsh Audible Nissan, check out that all new Nissan Warrior hey how good was Paddy Dangerfield you two, that was awesome yeah well done I, I just love seeing I just love seeing players um, you know, who aren't cliche who, you know, Paddy's obviously the president of the, the AFL Players Association he's, he's a superstar of the game and every time you see him in front of a camera he's, he's got to do the right thing to see him open up and, and see another side of him, the personality that is Patrick Dangerfield, which we do see a bit, but, um, you know, to see it the way it is now, um, you know, that's that's the best way. That's the real player, the real person. Uh, fan, fantastic, and I'm, and I'm glad. And uh, we never knew how that was going to go, but we, you know, I mean, we want to have a bit of fun for people in this time. So we didn't want to talk about his great... We know he's a champion of the game. I mean, honestly, I, I'm privileged to call footy and call him. But, uh, you know, we wanted to hear the other stuff, and that's hopefully what our listeners have got uh, in this podcast, keeping it real, that, you know, the off-the-stream and the fishing stuff and the fact that his son, you know, might have had a leak on him tonight and he's building a four-storey house at Mulch <laughs> Creek and all that stuff, that, that's the light. That's what we want to hear. Yeah, spot on. Now, listen, we've got a bit more we want to talk about too on the podcast here, boys. I want to talk about the test doco because uh, I know, Saka, you've watched it. I've watched the first episode uh, last night. Magnificent little documentary, this. Uh, I'm really looking forward to sinking my teeth into this the next few weeks. Do yourself a favour, Ludy. Uh, download Prime Amazon. Uh, even in these tough times, it's only about four bucks a week or something to subscribe. Uh, and I spent the last two nights because I wanted to to mention it tonight. And I watched it's eight episodes, so you got to put in a bit of time. But uh, for people that haven't been on the Inner Sanctum, that's probably. You know, not sounding stupid, Ludy and I, luckily enough, not with the Australian team, but with state cricket, we've we've had a look. Uh, you get a real insight of to what happens in the dressing rooms, and there's and there's no hold bars. There's a little bit of swearing. There's some emotion. You see the real Justin Langer come out at times. You know, passionate. The thing that stood out to me most of all, uh, big fella, and you've watched the first episode, and I reckon you would have even got it in the first episode. It gets better. Um, we, as a country, our cricket team, that we went through some bad. We're in safe hands under Tim Payne. And I don't say that with his wicket-keeping. Mate, his leadership in this documentary is first class. Like, I knew he was good, but I didn't know he was that good. So I encourage everyone, if you can afford, in these tough times, download Amazon Prime, if you like cricket, and you can get pretty much seven, seven and a half hours' worth of inside info on the Australian team through good times and bad times. Mate, I thought it was really good. I went the uh, just watched the first episode for free, Chuck. Haven't decided whether I'll go <laughs> further, but <laughs> you are a <laughs> I'll, I'll play devil's ad- advocate because there's a reason I haven't watched it, and and that's because I feel from things I've heard, probably I know Tim Payne's a good leader. I've played against him. I've met the man. I, I know he's an exceptional leader. I know Justin Lang is good at what he does. But at the end of the day, it's a TV show, and you put cameras in front of players if you put a camera in front of me i'm never going to be a hundred percent authentic no matter what it is i'll never be a hundred percent authentic and i even heard that, that that justin got to look at 
the documentary before and, and take bits out if he wanted to. So, look, it's a good doco, and I'm sure it shows it does show an insight to a point. But playing devil's advocate, it's not 100% authentic, in my opinion. And, and that's probably that's why I haven't point. watched it. No, I don't mind that point at all. Uh, and I can certainly see where you're coming from. Um, you know, like, you, yeah, you, you kind of want to see the whole story if you're going to see some of the story. And uh, you don't yep. want to just get, uh, you know, I suppose the favourable side of things to come out. And that's a fair call, Chuck, I reckon. Well, hey, that's a fair call from someone that hasn't watched it. So I'm just encouraging Tim to fork out four bucks out of his tight friggin' budget and have a look at it because, again, you know, I've been lucky enough to be in the room and watch and see and and there's some stuff in there, Ludie. Yep, I, I hear what you're saying. And some of it is very much manufactured in a car, in a bus, and you're right, people know they're on. But there is bits that you can see you know, where emotion takes over cameras or no cameras and, you know, Geelong's own Aaron Finch getting out sometimes and his reaction in the dressing rooms. There is a lot of reality about it. Some of it is manufactured, but I would encourage people that love cricket and want an inner sanctum experience. In that test match when Ben Stokes stole the game, one of the most, or probably the most amazing test I've watched and the most amazing innings, to see the emotions in the dressing room of Langer and Smith and Dean Hills, the analyst, and and stuff like that, oh, I reckon it was a really good insight. So we'll, we'll leave it at that and move on because you guys have been watching another doco or some crap this week that I haven't watched. Before we move on to that, you just touched on something and I'd like to get both you just a one-word quick answer here. Uh, you said you know there was some footage of Finchie going out and uh, you know, spitting the dummy. Best dummy spit you've seen, Chuck, starting with you. Uh, he probably won't like me saying it, but Ludi will remember, unfortunately, there's quite a few from um, a renegades all-rounder that played for South Australia with us, and, and I love him as a bloke, he's, he's a great fella, but he certainly it was very temperamental when he got out, and uh, at one stage in Adelaide, he, he threw his bat and had put a hole in the wall that we'd just done up with all our new sort of memorabilia, and, and I... As coach, I had to pull rank, and you know, I made those dumb mistakes too as an immature cricketer and threw me back once in Brisbane. It went through the fridge, and I had to pay for it. <laughs> so I made the renegades all rounder. I can't, and you know, you won't give it names away, but his his initials are Daniel Christian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he threw his bat in Adelaide, put a hole in the wall, uh, and then he, he had a couple of other misdemeanors. I'll leave it at that. Great fella, very good cricketer, Just uh, but. Massive dummy spitter when he got out, DC. <laughs> Ludi, Ludi, come on, who have you seen? Who's the biggest dummy spit? Might even be from the old Nestle's days, mate. Can I just say that's the shortest one word answer I've ever heard? <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, right. Benjamin, you smart ass. Give me your one word answer. Oh, DC. <laughs> Daniel Christian. Two letters. I'll have to tell the story. I'll have to tell the story because it's quite funny because everything Chuck says is true and he is a legend. I love him. I love having to be with him. He's one of the great people on the planet Earth. But um, we're actually playing a 2020 game in South Africa in the Champions League, which is all the best 2020 teams from around the world. Uh, I was padding it. Oh, I was in for getting drinks, I think. I don't think I was playing. And um, Dan Christian got out, come in. He whacked his bat on the, uh, the soap dispenser at the edge of the showers. <laughs> and it just exploded everywhere. Cam Borges was padding up next to go in, and it just went 
all over him, and he just lost his shit at Dan Christian. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I love it. The old soap dispenser a whack back in the day. You, now, you went there before, okay? You, you're not a massive Netflix fan, Chuck. I understand that. we kind of been throwing a bit of Netflix stuff out at you, and you just kind of dismiss it. But, uh, Ludi, I know you've been watching this. A lot of people talking about it. Tiger King. Uh, how crazy, how bizarre, how different is that show, mate? Oh, it's unbelievable. Like, I had the choice of the Test Doco or Tiger King, and I chose Tiger King every day of the week. <laughs> it's probably the weirdest Benjamin Button. Doesn't that sum up Benjamin Button? I've played cricket my whole life. It just doesn't interest me, to be honest. I'm probably oh, okay, enough. To be honest, I've watched Tiger... both, and I'm sitting with Tiger King more than I would be with the Test. Tell me what it's about, you two Muppets. <laughs> Go, Ludi. It's like, well, it's it's like watching the underbelly, but for for tigers. And it's, it's real it's, life. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big cat breeding underworld cult figure with Warwick <laughs> Capper in charge, basically. <laughs> What? The Wizards, the main man, Joe Exotic. <laughs> and he's got two gay uh, husbands. So he's, he's got two, two of them. Two gay husbands. Yeah. So Carol Baskin, who is like the the vegan version, she doesn't believe in it all. She's Izzy Gillespie. She's, yeah, she's... She, 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 she just doesn't believe in believe in tigers and being kept in cages, and she's challenging him. And it, and, right. and she could not... And then it's... She knocked off her husband. Well, she allegedly, him. allegedly, we'll say. Sorry, allegedly fed him to the tigers. <laughs> and then you got Bhagavan Antle, who is goes as Doc. And Bhagavan is, you know, Bhagavan means glorious, illustrious god type setup. Like he's a full. He's got five wives. Hugh, Hugh Hefner of the tiger breeding world. These are real people, Chuck. This sounds riveting. So far, I'm not really understanding what it's about, but you got me intrigued. And, and what about Ludi? Now, what about the old uh, the old bloke that went to jail? And uh, he went to jail because he was involved with importing drugs in the snakes. And he went for I think he served 22 years or something, or 10 years of a 22 year sentence because they dropped off the Mexican drug lords, dropped off a body at his front door, and he said, "Well, what am I going to do with it?" And he said, "Oh, so we burn it and disposed of it." <laughs> I kid you not, Chuck. I've watched Hang on a minute. I don't get it either, but it's bloody interesting. Cat, can you put Tiger King on Netflix? The boys are telling me you got to watch it. Oh, mate, you get hooked, don't you, Ludi? Like, honestly, it is unbelievable. And he's just crazy. It is unbelievable. Unbelievable. One of the poor poor staff, like the episode two starts with a poor staff member putting the arm through the the cage and gets the arm bitten off. And you see that the footage of them, they're running around and they're trying to, oh, it's crazy. Crazy. Oh, well, I've just yelled out to Mrs. B and I told her to put it on Netflix. So uh, when we finish the podcast, I'll go and have a look at this crap you're talking about. (laughs) Hey, now, talking about about crap, what about uh, during the week, uh, and you brought this up, Chuck, in our little uh, text group, Duffel Coats, mate. You want to see the Duffel Coats back. And Ludie had no idea what we were talking about. Well, for people, I'm... How old are you, Stewie? I'm 43. So just so our listeners know, I'm the old boy at 50. I'm the old man. Stewie, the host, the big fella, is 43 years of age in Warrnambool. Machine. And ben- Benjamin Button, who was born at 92 years of age, bald. <laughs> he, he had no hair at eight. He was, uh, well, he's now, he's now 21 on this show. How old are you, Ludes, in all honesty? 32. Thank you, Darren. 32. 32, 43, 50. Just to give our audience the de- age demographic, if you like... 
When I was growing up, uh, big fella, and you would know this, 43, you would have been in this era, the 80s, 70s, 80s, I reckon it was almost gone by the 90s. Early 90s, yeah, a little bit still in. Go to the footy, you had to wear your duffel coat. Now, I sent you a photo through today, Ludie, just so you would know what it was. It, It made no sense at all. But you know what, in the middle of winter, VFL Park, and as a young kid, as a young boy, my dad's name, I think I've told you this, my dad's name was Roy. Now, I didn't have a clue when I was a kid. Who was I going to follow? My dad barracked for Fitzroy. So that I used to go and watch Fitzroy play as a kid. And, you know, you follow your dad's team, although unfortunately it didn't work for Stewie, whose son's gone to Geelong. But um, I used to go to VFL Park with me duffel coat. Now, it's a, it's a strange sort of tight-knit woolen arrangement, long jacket, and bogans from all around uh, Australia used to have their favourite player on the back. And uh, I sent it through to you. You might want to post it, Stewie. Fitzroy, on the back of mine, was Mick 12 Conlon. Do you remember Mickey Conlon, Stewie? Mickey Conlon was a man mountain, like just a rip for Zeke. Uh, Like, you know, he was like a little bronze Adonis, wasn't he? Just a muscle man. He was. He used to headbutt him when he tried to. You know, it was unbelievable. And then down the bottom, so I had Mick Twelve Conlon. <coughs> sorry, boys. And then on the bottom, you'll like this one, Ludie. You might have still seen this when I sent it through today. Brad Forty Five Gotch, the father of Sebastian Gotch. He was a little sneaky forward pocket. Yeah. I don't know why I had his name on there. You Brad liked Gotch. Him. You liked him as a player. Thought he was a nippy little Ford. So they were the two on me duffel coach, Stewie. Did you have one? And if so, oh, yes. who did you have on the back? I had uh, big Michael Disco Roach being a Richmond supporter, you blokes. Uh, big number eight. Disco was as good as you'll get as a full Ford. Funny enough, I ended up a big full Ford. Not dislike uh, Disco Roach back in the heyday either, you two blokes. <laughs> Well, Ludie, we last week we did a bit of bullshit on Twitter about the, that Stewie was a gun Ford, <laughs> and he's trying to say that he was like Disco Roach. I reckon he was more like Grenville Dietrich out of <laughs> South Australia. Big <laughs> <laughs> Grenville. Scotty uh, I have to get into Stewie's corner here. Stewie's a bloody good full forward. He didn't miss too many. A beautiful drop punt of the ball. Good grab. Good and uh, many a time I just gave him a little clip in the back of the head just to let him know I was around. <laughs> Actually, there was a nemesis at Naranda, mate. There was a fullback. And Naranda were pretty ordinary back when I was playing for Creek. They just they, they had some really good years and then they kind of dropped off for a bit. There was a fella Parsons, Lukey Parsons, one of the best fullbacks ever. And every time I'd go out to Naranda and I'd just hope that he'd come and play on someone else. But he'd all always wander over to me and Ludy, I hated it because he was a good solid fullback. He yeah, was a bloody good fullback, Stewie. Very good. Can I just say I didn't have a duffel coat because I'm obviously from the modern generation. Um, yeah, yeah, a little bit little bit newer than you guys to this this planet. You'd have been you wearing a and, vest. Uh, I, I was you I was lucky that. enough that Santa wasn't a tight ass and he actually bought me a proper footy jumper, long sleeve footy jumper with Gary Ablett Senior's number on the back. So oh, I was pretty lucky, five. I reckon. Yeah, good was Gary Ablett. And just quickly, right, I want to just touch would on this. Would have been more appropriate, Stewie. I know where you're going to go, and we'll go there. I reckon Ludy should have had Bruce 11 Duel, <laughs> the flying <laughs> doormat. That would have been more appropriate with a little wisp. 13 years of age, a little wisp of hair. <laughs> oh, the little Kerry Hackett out the back. <laughs> hey, listen, you just touched on Gary Ablett, right? Picture went round yep. during the week. Uh, Ricky Nixon was sharing it. Uh, Lockett, Kerry, Dunstall, Ablett. Uh, I had a go at rating them. I rated them this way. Ablett, Lockett, Kerry, Dunstall. Very, very hard because they're all superstars in their own right. Uh, rights, boys. Ludie, rate them for me, mate, in your specific order. 
I had Ablett, Carey, Lockett, Dunstall. Ablett, Carey, Lockett, Dunstall. So similar to me, uh, Lockett and Carey swapped around. What about you, Chuck? Yeah, uh, I had a look at it as well, and uh, we're unanimous. Gary Ablett was the best player that I watched play the game. I just he was an unbelievable Freak. player. Gary Ablett senior. So number one for me, the best I've seen. Now, I, I like Ludy, number two, Wayne Carey, because he owned the game. But because I'm now a passionate St Kilda supporter, uh, from when I was about 13, I moved across to the Saints. So, I, so I've gone with you, Stewie. I've got Tony Lockett, watching him at Moorabbin, uh, Plugger, number two, Wayne Carey, number three, and sorry, Chief, what a great player Jason oh, Dunster was, was but unfortunately he's coming fourth. Yeah, the Chief will be shattered. I hope he's not listening to this podcast, but uh, he will be No, no, he, do, he doesn't really associate with people, Chief. He's very much... <laughs> self-isolation was made for the Chief. I can, he wouldn't be listening. To, he doesn't talk to people. <laughs> hey, boys, been a great show. Before we go today, I want another little impersonation, Ludy. Uh, oh, we've yeah. had Johnny Howard last week. Uh, we've had David Attenborough the week before. What do you got for us this week, big fella? Oh, I thought I'd go on the theme of the week, then as you had the great Paddy Dangerfield, I'd go with a bit of AFL. So I'll go a Dennis Committee. Oh. Would you rather old or modern? I can well, go I'm... 90s, late 80s, 90s, or I can go modern. Your call, Chuck. Uh, go let's, go, let, let, let's go modern, because I know you're not as comfortable with that. You want to go old, so I want to make you uncomfortable with modern. <laughs> Ludie, it's your segment, mate. You do with what you do, whatever you want to do. This is your sign-off. Well, I'm going to go 80s, 90s, and because some of the names that I bring up, people will just remember the greats. <laughs> right, here we go. McIntosh in the ruck now, taps it down to Jakovic, kicks to Peter Matera on the wing now. That was ambitious. Peter Matera bobbing up and down like a cork in the ocean, snaps to Cummings. Cummings kicks the goal. Great work by the coast. <laughs> love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it, Looney. You are, and, and you touched on it last week, uh, Chuck. You said that he might have gone from Johnny Howard into a little bit of Dennis Committee. Dennis. And uh, the more yeah. I listened to it back last week, uh, just to get the listens up for our podcast, you blokes, uh, yep. the more I did hear a bit of Dennis Committee in that uh, Johnny Howard last week, Looney. Ah, uh, well. I'm only a battler, let's be honest. <laughs> keep, keep working, Ludes. We want to have. We need one each week. I know you've got your staple diet, but I really want you to work on a bit of Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, Kim Jong-un. We're going to add a few. <laughs> I know we're going to talk about George Pell, but we left that alone tonight. It's a very touchy subject, that one, Stewie, so oh. we won't. <laughs> go, we, word there, yeah. we won't go with that one. It's very, uh, you know, leave that alone. Uh, but just before we sign off, Stewie, can you tell our loyal listeners, we've already built up five or 600, we want to push it to 1,000 this week. Uh, you've opened up a Twitter handle for our uh, podcast. We have opened up a Twitter handle, uh, keeping it real. Chuck Ludy and the big fella, okay, you'll find Find it on Twitter. You'll find all our latest episodes. Go into your, your podcast, Anchor, whatever it might be, Spotify, and uh, subscribe. Then every uh, every time that we do a new episode, you'll get a notification. Uh, tune in. Give us some feedback, too. We've been uh, getting some really great feedback. The Gov from South Melbourne. Shout out to you, Gov. Uh, I'm going to talk to him because I think he's got a bit of dirt on you two blokes. But, uh, yeah, plenty of plenty of really positive feedback, which is awesome. And hopefully they love our little chat with uh, Paddy Dangerfield today, which How was... Good. Absolutely sensational. Yeah, sensational. Hey, boys, we're going to go out to another little ditty. Uh, bloke texted me during the week and said, uh, Chuck, this is one of your favourites, mate. A little bit of REM. Sit back and enjoy live. This is Live well done, 8 boys. 2005.
Good on you, boys. Slow build up here. We're still here. <laughs> Just checking the mic. Yeah, we, we've got to work on the, the cutting and editing, I reckon. <laughs> here he goes. Oh, beautiful. Come 